Hey, I'm in a mood. I'm in a mood. Uh, so in case anybody hasn't noticed, we, we are celebrating Advent. Advent meaning, you know, it's, I mentioned last week, it's a little funny in the vineyard because we're not liturgical. We're not really, obviously, very traditional. But this time of year, I really love to incorporate some tradition into the life of the church. Uh, I just think it's, it's a blessing. It's, it's special. It's an opportunity for me, really, to, to focus and to refocus and to rethink through uh, the blessing that we have in our relationship with Jesus. And, and that's really what we're, what we're trying to do. Um, the, the, uh, the theme of our Advent series, and we're doing a few weeks on this, is Receive the Blessing. And as you guys know, here our motto is blessed to be a blessing. We talk about that all the time. And I, I, I love you guys. I love our church because we really are a blessing. You guys do a lot serving our community, serving your neighbors. Uh, we really are a blessing. Uh, but, but here's one of the things that I really hope that these few weeks will happen in our hearts. And that is that we can receive some of that blessing. We can be refilled and and, and sort of uh, receive something to have to give. Sometimes I think it's hard at this time of year, and I don't know about you guys in specific, but a lot of people, when there's so much focus on sort of, um, you know, family and, and friends and all of the TV commercials and all the specials that are on and everywhere you go, it just seems like everyone's having such a wonderful, lovely time. And I think some of us, if, if we struggle at all with any sorts of feelings of, depression, any feelings of isolation or separation or loneliness, it just seems to me at Christmas time, those things are just magnified. And so my hope, my heart, really in this series is that every single one of us would uh, receive some of what God has for us, Re- receive Jesus in a fresh way, a new way over these few weeks, and, and really be reignited in your, your, your love with him and your love for him and the love that he has for you so that we have more, more to give. And, and if you remember... Last week, we started this series, we talked about uh, the blessing of the living water, and uh, we shared a little bit about a conversation Jesus had with uh, a woman at the well. She came to, to draw water, to fetch water for, uh, you know, her cleaning and cooking and all that, and she walked away. It was a surprise. It was unexpected. She didn't plan to meet God there that day. She walked away with not just a bucket of water, but with living water, and her heart, her life was transformed. Uh, before we get into today's message, I, I just thought we'd do a little follow-up. You know how I like, I love the, like, uh, you know, where are they now things on TV. You know, where they, they talk about the rock stars that are, like, 50 years old and, you know, Meatloaf is now selling used cars in Des Moines, Iowa, or Lansing, Michigan. I don't know. Maybe he's there. It's just, uh, uh, so I, we have friends from Michigan here today. I'm not, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but they're here because one of their students is a cross-country runner who competed in the Nike meet yesterday. And I heard she did quite well. I no names will be mentioned. Um, follow up here a little bit. So where, where is she now? What happened after this gal talked to Jesus and her life was changed? Just a little bit later, it says, Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. He stayed two days, and because of his words, many more believers became, became believers. They said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. We put our, for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. Isn't that cool? I, when Jesus comes into our lives and comes into the situation, it changes everything. Her, her 
apart. Her life was changed. Her family, her community, her city, her future, her eternal destination all changed because of one encounter with Jesus. It's an awesome thing. Today we're going to talk about uh, the blessing of the bread of life. Let's just uh, pray and then we'll, is there a ringing or is that just me? Was heaven? It didn't sound like an angel. Uh, let's pray and we'll, we'll look at our text. Lord, uh, again, we, we want to just proceed from you today. So would you come and open our hearts, uh, share with us all you have. We're so blessed to be your people. We're so blessed to be together uh, in your name. Amen. All right. Uh, text you guys know, again, pretty familiar. John chapter 6, Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Again, this, uh, this statement came in a conversation similar to the conversation that Jesus had last week with the woman at the well. This time he's talking to a, a group of people, uh, context, sort of what had been happening. Jesus is out doing what he does. He's healing the sick, and as he heals the sick, uh, it draws a crowd, which is, you can imagine, right? You can, you can imagine that. If people are getting better, that's going to draw a crowd. And I always think about that, the crowd. So like most crowds, you know, I'm sure that there were other sick people who heard that Jesus had healing, so they came. And then there were probably, uh, you know, the looky-loos, you know, the people that just came to see what was going on. i got to check this out. So I'm sure there was a lot of those people. And then there were probably, as there usually is, uh, some protesters. There were the detractors. We, we were, oh, this is off, off topic, but we were, I was at the Blazer game the other night, and the pro, people were protesting outside the motorcycle. We couldn't get out. They, they locked down the, the stadium. 20,000 people or whatever can't get out. We can't go home. Please, let us out. Uh, protesters came and followed Jesus as well. I don't know if they blocked him in. Um, so there's a crowd of people, a lot of different thoughts, different feelings, different emotions, different opinions on what's happening there. It's so interesting how when something, anything really happens, how people see it differently. So Jesus is healing. Is, this, is he really healing? No, he's not healing. And all of that was going on. So there's this crowd of people, uh, and in the midst of it all, you know, they, they're following him around through the day. It's getting late in the day. Uh, Jesus, I love Jesus. He, he sort of sets up, uh, you know, this, this conversation. All right, he, he sees a teachable moment, and he wants to help not only, I, I think, the crowds, but also really help his disciples learn a little bit more about who he is and what he's really about. So he asks, uh, he, he asks Philip, you know, he's, he's, the guys are here, the crowd's there. He says, hey, what, what are we going to feed these people? What are, how are we going to, you know, what are we going to do? And Philip goes, well, you know, we can't feed these people. It would take a year's wages to give everybody a bite, you know. And, that, and then, and then uh, Andrew pipes in. He goes, hey, well, look, there's a kid over here brought lunch. So he's got some biscuits and he's got some sardines. You know, he didn't have very much food, but we, we got that to work with. Uh, and then you know the rest of the story, right? So Jesus takes the food. He blessed. I, I love this part, too. They just commandeered the kid's lunch. I mean, I don't, I don't know that that's a good thing, but just I'm sure he gave it willingly, I think, I hope. Jesus prays for the food, and the disciples pass it out, and everybody gets fed. They collect uh, 12 baskets of food left over at the end. It was enough for tomorrow. A little bit later in the day, for encore, Jesus walks on water. The disciples take off to go to the other side of the lake. 
Jesus is not with them. They get quite a ways out on the water, and all of a sudden Jesus shows up. They're afraid, and he gets in the boat. And then again, you know how the story goes. They get to the other side of the lake, and there's some people there that are aware that when the boat left the dock on the other side, the disciples were in the boat, but Jesus was not, and now he is. And so they're a little perplexed, and this conversation ensues, and ultimately it leads to this this discussion of bread. Here's sort of how that conversation winds down. Very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who's given you bread from heaven. It's my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. The bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. And Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Word picture again. You know, last week Jesus talked about water and living water. Here he talks about bread and about being hungry. And I think that's something that we can identify with. Probably most of us, maybe not as much as other people, but most of us have at some point been hungry, a little bit. Felt that kind of gnawing feeling inside, you know. Also know the feeling of being full. Thanksgiving, let me get full, let me overeat. The rest of you lie. <laughs> Maybe you didn't, I, I do. Uh, we, we had potluck here last night, I ate too much turkey. Um, it was really good, though. I mean, it was so good. So there's a dichotomy, right? You know the feeling of being empty, being hungry, and you know the feeling of being full. And, and, and you know the feeling of being totally full. Totally full. You can't eat another bite. So full, you got to unbuckle your pants. I, I would. So think about that for a minute. Realize... Like the living water, what Jesus is talking about here is a metaphor. He's not really talking about being empty and full. He's talking about the Spirit of God in our lives and being void of the Spirit, being hungry, longing and being empty, or being really full. And I want you to think about for a moment what it would feel like and maybe just, just really think about it for a second. What would it be like to be so full of the Spirit of God? To be so full of the Spirit of God. No, I'll never be hungry again for the presence of God in my life. That's what Jesus says. You eat of this bread, you'll never go hungry again. See, the bread of life that Jesus offers is bread that fills us up. It really does. He fills us up. St. Augustine said a lot of things, but one thing that he said I like is, um, where did it go? There it is. Our hearts are restless until they find rest in me. Our hearts are restless until they find rest in me. Uh, you guys know the Christmas story, right? Jesus was born in Bethlehem. I read this week, uh, Bethlehem, I didn't know this. I, how did this escape me for 40 years? Bethlehem means house of bread. Did you guys know that? Oh, that's something I learned. I suppose I should have known. So I thought that was interesting, that the Bethlehem is the place where bread comes from. It's the house of bread. The place where the living bread came from. So where do we go if we feel empty? Where do we go if our hearts are restless? Where do we go 
we're not satisfied. We go to the house of bread or do we look someplace else? And I'm asking you the question, where do you go? Where do you look, what do you look for when you're not satisfied? What do you look for when you're empty? What do you, where, do you, where, do you, where do you turn when your heart has that longing and that restlessness? And I, I, I like Psalm 107. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, those he gathered from the lands, from the east to the west, the north to south. Some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. And they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he satisfies the thirsty, he fills the hungry with good things. Jesus fills us up, and Jesus satisfies us. They were filled, and they were satisfied. So the bread of life can fill you when you're empty. The bread of life can satisfy you when you have those longings in your heart. The other thing it can do, I have a different printer for mine, uh, is it sustains us. And to me, this is probably the most important uh, dimension of the bread of life and the blessing of the bread of life. Jesus was uh, tempted by Satan. Remember what Satan asked him to do? Turn these stones into bread. What did Jesus reply back? Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So if we want to have the presence of God, we want to have the... Look, here's the deal. Life is a long road, okay? There's a lot of things going on. If, and if you want to succeed in life, and when I say succeed in life, I mean get from here to there with a sense of accomplishment, a sense of fulfillment, a sense of purpose. Get from here to there with peace and joy in your heart. Get from here to there knowing that you you, you lived the life the, the best you could. You can't do that alone. We can't, we can't make it. That's just, we can't make it from here to there without the presence of God on earth. We, we have to be able to receive. We have to be able to partake. We have to be able to eat of the bread of life. Or I really believe with all my heart we'll go through life feeling unaccomplished, unfulfilled, no, no sense of purpose, and a lack of direction. And we may die along the way. And I don't mean, again, die physically. I mean die spiritually. We might just die from God along the way. But if we eat of the bread of life, and I think that's what Jesus is saying here. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by the bread of life, by every word that comes from God, by the presence of God in our lives. We have the opportunity to make it through life with him. I, I figured something out this week. Uh, you know, bread's really not all that good for you, right? Somebody on a low-carb diet. It's all carbs. Bread of life is low-carb. Gluten-free, uh, high-fiber, organic. GMO free, whatever. I don't know. It's really healthy. It's really good for you. You eat the bread of life. Don't give me that look. Uh, it'll sustain us for the long haul. It really will. The bread of life will help us get through from here to there. Uh, but the trick is this, really. And, and here's the thing. And, and this is the point today, real simply, is that we have we we have to partake. We we have to be willing to say yes. We have to be willing to. Open our hearts and receive and eat of the bread of life. Sometimes it's a humbling thing to do that. We, I don't know about myself, and 
I like to think I can do it on my own. I'm, the la- I'm chill. I'm one of those guys. I don't ask for help. Um, even when I need it. But we have to come to a place where we realize that uh, that's okay if you're, uh, you know, fixing something, uh, the plumbing under the sink, but it's not okay to go through life. I need God's help. I can't. I, I, I know. I know myself enough to know I can't make it, and I think I know you guys well enough to know that you can't make it without the presence of God. We we have to partake. We have to receive that bread. So I want to close with this. There's a great little story in Luke, and uh, it's not about bread, but it's it's about somebody who was willing to receive. So as one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, and he went to the Pharisee's house and he reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. She came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. She wiped them with her hair. She kissed them and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is. She's a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii, the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You've judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house and you did not give me any water for my feet, but... She wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. And Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. You know what I love most about that story? Is that she had everything to lose and nothing to gain. Absolutely nothing to gain by running away. Everything to lose. Uh, she didn't care. She didn't care what anybody else thought. She, she didn't care what anybody else said. She didn't care what anybody else did. She was completely unashamed, unembarrassed in her love for Jesus. And she poured out her love for Jesus uh, and understood the forgiveness and the grace and all that was came back to her or all that had come to her uh, already. She didn't need the approval or the affirmation of anyone. And that's so much of what life is about for so many of us so much of the time is that we need approval and affirmation. We need, we worry about what people think, what people say, what, what people are going to do to us. And she didn't think about any of it. She only needed the approval of one person. So I want us to uh, close with the time of ministry and prayer today. If you guys want to stand up and somebody come up. I don't know who. Who do I get today? Who? Everybody. What a blessing. Are they going to be really loud? Here's what I want to do. Uh, I'm going to invite our ministry team. Oh, look, at they're already here. Or are you here for prayer? <laughs> hey, I want to invite our ministry team to come up. I, I think this, 
I, I want to encourage you this morning, if you're wrestling with any sense of doubt uh, about God's presence in your life, about, I, I just think sometimes we feel like, again, theologically I believe all this stuff, I just don't know if it's true for me. And so if any sense of isolation or separation or feeling of loneliness or emptiness during this season, any sense of, you know, my life is, is I, I've been in places where uh, God certainly can't forgive me. Any, any of that, any sense of emptiness, any feeling of not being able to receive from God. And I think there's, there's, uh, you know, I, I just think there's some of us that have carried some of that for a long time resulting from just, you know, family stuff growing up, whatever. And you try to shake it off. And you try to be stronger. And try to do it on your own. So this morning, I think God's word for you is, you know, let me carry that. Let me take that. Let me, let me heal that. Let me, let me do that. Let me walk with you through that. We've been talking a lot lately about healing and God's presence and why sometimes people get better and sometimes they don't. And the reality is this. God, God says, I'll be with you no matter what happens. No matter what happens. Good, bad, or otherwise. You can go through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm going to be there with you. So I just, if, if you're in that place today where you need that presence of God to come and you need just to know somebody's with you, I'd encourage you just as we worship and as we close, come up and let these guys pray for you because I, I know that their hearts are, are just so filled with reality of God right now. I just want to bless you in that.